0: Welcome to Carry the Fire, a podcast where we explore the big questions of life through the lens of the good, the true, and the beautiful. I'm your host, Dustin Kensru, and my hope is that through these conversations with people of diverse and divergent backgrounds and beliefs, we can glimpse the world anew through each other's unique perspectives. Hey, everybody. Today on the pod, we are joined by my friend Chris Conley. Chris is the singer and songwriter of the band Saves the Day and has been making great music under that name for nearly a quarter century at this point. Chris shares about how he persists in creation and shuts out both the naysayers and the expectations of his fans. We talk about nostalgia as it relates to Chris's newest music and reissues of classic records and what Chris finds helpful in the Buddhist understanding that life is suffering. Let's dive in.
1: I had a, like a problem after our album in Reverie because I just judged everything that I wrote. And that was uncomfortable because I had been so, felt so free to just like write songs, what, what, like whatever songs that I wanted before that. So I had to like retrain myself not to judge the songs. I would uh, like consciously work on something even if my, the back of my mind was like this song sucks. I would like plow through it. Mm. That was really cool because then I trained my brain not to criticize like the work as it's happening, and then I like got through to some stuff that was really surprising, like songs I wouldn't have gotten to, and that was all based on like my experience with like critics and you know people being being critical, and it like really fucked me up. what's up dude
0: dude i like your setup in there
1: thank you thank you it's pretty funky (laughs) this is my studio
0: (laughs) that's awesome um how are you good to see
1: you man i'm good i'm good
0: uh i start out every show asking people i don't think i warned you i try to warn people um what would give you a deep sense of wonder when you were a kid
1: oh that's a great question i think just like the uh, act the world. I mean like I grew up on a farm and uh like that was like way out of the way. It was totally in the in the sticks. And I was an only child and my parents worked all the time far away. So I was like left alone on this farm like all the time. And this is a long time ago so kids were kids were left alone back then. Mhm. And like so, and it was like a really big, a big farm, it was like a hundred, over one hundred and fifteen acres, which is really pretty big. And so I could, I would just like roam the woods and stuff, and hang out with the animals, and uh, like we had sheep and pigs and cats and dogs and stuff, and um, and a moose, uh, a donkey named Moose. <laughs> yeah um, and it was just like really idyllic and like really beautiful, so it would be like nature itself, you know, like the trees and like the blue sky and um and then I think uh like people like people is the the part of life that like I just can't figure it I just don't know what the hell to do, <laughs> I can't figure it out i'm still I'm still most comfortable all by myself,
0: yeah. Uh, which I think, uh, is hard when you're in a, I don't I mean, I guess as a musician, you do have a decent amount of time to be alone, but then you all are confronted with a lot of people, uh, all at once yeah, at times.
1: And I, I've, n- I never got accustomed to that.
0: It's like, and ever, you, and you so... were, I mean, and you were very young when that began for you. Yeah. Yeah how how, um, how old were yeah. you when uh cancel down came out 16
1: um s- 17 when we recorded it and by the time it came out I was, I was 18 okay so it's like for senior year of high school recorded it in the winter break
0: that's awesome so yeah
1: pretty pretty young and then you know how it is on tour you're never alone you're always you're with 24 hours a day for like months you're you're with with people
0: how do you and how do you deal with that?
1: Really out there in the world, I mean, I don't really know. I feel like this whole time being home is sort of a revelation because I haven't been home this long since leaving high school and hitting the road like right away. So, um, and I realized like a couple months into this that this is the longest I've been home in in like my entire life since leaving school, and it felt really it feels really good. It feels good to be in one place. And um, so I'm grateful for that, that aspect of all this. So I guess to answer your question, I'm not really sure if I ever figured that out, <laughs> how to stay, like, I don't know, balanced in the midst of, like, this sea of people and cities and stuff.
0: Um, yeah, I feel like... That's kind of interesting. I feel like your new newest record... It has like um i it doesn't have like an alone feeling at all like it feels very much like it's yeah. always in the it's kind of frenetic and, and in the midst of people and moving and
1: yeah it's like with about it my life it's a bit totally about my life on the road but it's about the entire like adventure and journey of saves of the day that's like where i was i was just sort of re- reflecting on all of that when I was writing one was like one the first song that came out of the writing experience was the opening track, Save the self-titled <laughs> o- open it, the S- Saves the Day theme song, basically. And I remember I was sitting in our bass player Rodrigo's apartment when I was writing it, and I was like, this is so weird. But one of my favorite songs ever is um, Wilco's song Wilco on their album Wilco. <laughs> i don't know if you've heard it but it's like a wilco theme song and they're like you know if you're having a bad day just put on the headphones we'll be there and i I love that song i think it's a really really cool song so i was just like oh cool i'm writing the saves the day theme song rad and then all every story that came came up as i was like sitting there just feeling feeling for the 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 spirit of the album were all just these stories about being in the band and stuff so yeah because i think I've, I've i've written so much about my own like personal experience you know of like this isolated sad kid <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm just sort of like writing i don't know why those things surface now that's, that's different kinds of experiences so was
0: it just that song that kind of opened the door to that
1: well i was it and then the next song was the second song on the album and like the lyrics came as i was writing the like the melody and i was driving home and the melody popped into my head and i like raced home to record it and then the words just popped out as i was writing it's a really short song and just and it's like talking about writing a song and so the whole experience was very like meta yeah and then the, the next song that uh like sort of came out of the process was this song i wrote for it's sort of like a sonic it's like a a love song almost for uh the only other original member of say is brian newman because he's the person that like pulled me into this entire experience he's like i he found out i learned to play guitar over the summer between seventh and eighth grade and he's like come jam mm-hmm. and so it's like just a thank you note to him and then so the songs just were just writing themselves like that i mean the way that i write is like i've sort of like like i'm not consciously sitting there thinking I should write about this or that. I'm mm-hmm. like listening for lines that emer- emerge, you know, from this whatever subconscious or whatever with the the muses or whatever they used to call them.
0: <laughs> are you and you? And I just go with that. Are you usually writing the music first then?
1: It's uh, it's sort of like sp- the it's sort of like spread out into separate parts. I'm not sure how you do it, but I, I'll like if almost every single day I'll have lyrics occur to me that uh like a line will just be floating in my head. So I'll write it in my notes on my phone. And then I'm very fortunate to hear melodies and riffs and stuff too. So I'll just like sing those into my voice memo and those will happen separately. so then when I have, when I have time to sit down and like craft the song, uh, then like I'll flip through my notes and see if there's any lyrics that fit the mood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I do. I do that same kind of thing, but I'm, less successful with the the lyric ideas on the fly like I gen they generally come more out of like sitting with the music mm, that's and cool. figuring out where it wants to go I think a fair amount of that is just because uh, well I guess you're doing the same thing you're just combining it afterwards but I just I, I end up thinking a lot about the flow and the intensity of different parts and trying to figure out what I care about that will fit with that, you know.
1: Do you do you think do you, when you are writing, do you think about the flow of the album as well? Or I don't know if you, like I really love thinking about the whole collection of the songs.
2: Um
0: I don't do that as much, especially I think with Rice, because again with four people having at it equally, it's never gonna end up being what I imagined it to be in the beginning. <laughs> and so right. I'll just bum myself out. Um but it's so funny, I mean, back on that track is like, I've I've slowly learned that like everything that I get really hung up on and eventually have to like, let go because I'm the only person on that train, I can't even remember what it was later. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, what? This sounds great. What What was my, I don't remember what my problem was. So uh-huh. um, yeah. yeah, I'm doing better at remembering that like in the moment. Like,
1: That's cool. Whatever. Yeah. yeah what what are you finding that you're writing about have you how many songs have you guys done so far
0: um i mean there's no uh there's some lyrics done like kind of but just little little bits and pieces no like full songs we're kind of like we gathered all the parts and we're kind of each practice we're taking a song out of demo land and jamming on it figuring out where it wants to go um
1: do you guys have a studio that you share where you we work
0: just finally built um into like a little like a min- those little mini industrial spots that have like the garage door and then like the little office in the front yeah we like built a soundproof ish room into that <laughs> um and that's like the first time we've ever had like a spot and so that's really like that's oh wow that's not like uh, you know, shared space, like where you, the walls are paper thin and everyone's playing next to you or whatever. Um,
1: right, right, right.
0: So that's, oh, that that's been really be cool. nice. Yeah. It's been really, and we're trying to fix it up. So we're going to record in there too, but um,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. I wanted to talk to you a little bit, like in the kind of riffing off that idea of the new record, like looking back at all your time, you also just um, did like the 20 year, uh, re-release of Through Being Cool. Which yeah, is, yeah. So I feel like both those things are like kind of pulling out of the past and, and looking back. Um, so I feel like when I listen to that record, like it's so nostalgic for me because I, I think especially any music you hear during that kind of really developmental time as a mm-hmm. as a young adult is very impactful and is going to like, bring all that stuff back to you uh, but i was wondering if you have nostalgia for that record and and the older records uh as well or if they're if they're, they're, you don't dig hearing them
1: no i love them i was uh it was really cool to revisit that record when i had to like uh proof the um the, the pressing, the first like vinyl pressing mm-hmm. to make sure it all sounded good on the on the whatever the remastering. And I let listened to the whole thing on headphones, like with this with this the the test pressing. And I was just like floored at how good it was. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> That's awesome. I was just I was just like, this is a really fucking good record. It sounds good. I think Steve Evitts did an amazing job producing it. And it brought back a lot of fun memories like even though like i've been through a lot of ups and downs in the band it's like really hard as we've been talking about like the interpersonal thing and like having 20 some odd members of saves the day like sometimes like i don't really want i just want to keep moving forward because i don't want to revisit some of the like painful chapters or whatever but i mostly felt uh like all the all the good feelings listening to it and i I mean i'm i'm proud of it i'm really proud of it i don't feel nostalgic but um i think it's a really cool record i think um i'm excited we're gonna do a tour for um stay what you are as well next year because that turns 20 next year i'm really looking forward to that we haven't done i don't know if you guys have done a lot of that stuff we did one we've only only done
0: we just did V2, and That's the only one we've we've done. Yeah, it was really fun. Did you actually. like it? Yeah. Did I, you
1: do a whole tour or just a handful of shows?
0: Yeah, we did a tour, and it was uh, it was actually a lot of fun. We had held off doing it for a while because I didn't, I don't know. It seemed kind of like a money grabby thing for a bit, and everyone was doing it and not actually putting out new music. And uh, yeah. it was like the end, end of a touring cycle, and we it was coming up on an anniversary. We're like this record is like really important to us and yeah. it would be cool to do. And it was actually a blast. So I think we might do oh, that's so more rad. stuff in the future, but um, yeah, we definitely were sour on the idea at first.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, well, we did the 15 year anniversary of through being cool. We did like a whole tour of that back in 2014. And, uh, and by the end of it, I was like pretty burnt out. Mm-hmm. So that's why when it turned 20, we are like, let's just do four shows. And so we did two on each coast. And that was awesome. That was like Just a really, a really rad, rad way to like celebrate it and not having to like. Uh, I really li- like, like with saves now, we've got s- like so many songs and albums and i still like all of it like i i'll like listen to stuff on the first album and i'm like i like it it's cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i really like to change up the set lists like i like i like to do like a different set every night for a while it was like when we did the last time we did warp tour we played like most a lot of bands will do the same set every day but by the end of the summer, we played, like, 83 different songs on that tour, which felt was just fun. <laughs> good, um, good for you, man. That's, yeah. that's so, like if so not like, what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, if we do, like, um, if we're going to go through, like, the Northeast, you know, in three cities where, like, you, you might see a lot of the same people, I, I like to do, like, three different sets. You know, so, like, if you came to three shows in a row, you'd see, like, 60 songs or something.
0: Oh like three fully different sets. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And like that's just super super fun. So doing the like the one al- the one album every night for like an entire tour was like I couldn't sustain my my being psyched. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. I
0: I can see the allure in that, but I I end up really liking like not I mean obviously it's easier in a certain sense not to play a bunch of different songs every night but i i end up really feeling like i can perform better when mm-hmm. the consistency is there because i yeah i'm not thinking about hey what song comes next or whatever like i'm our i'm
1: right right
0: intuitively like moving into this next like chord right, that's gonna right. hang over and shift this thing and it, it becomes, becomes really
1: well rehearsed
0: yeah but it's just for me like I the feeling of it like i like being in like that's cool the flow of it i guess locked in yeah That's really cool. So you were talking before about how many members uh, you've had in the band. I was curious, like what, I mean, you've had so many like really great players too. Um, Like with that many great musicians, like what is the best thing that you've like learned from all that?
1: I really love um, getting to play with, or having had the opportunity to play with so many different incredible uh bass players especially like i really love shreddy bass and uh so like ebon was like outrageous he was just so good and manny from glass jaws unbelievable and rodrigo is like rodrigo is my favorite bass player ever like I, i just think he's a really brilliant and smart musician uh but then like getting to play with someone like Arun, who's like i don't think anybody plays guitar like him and so it's just fun as hell you know, like I just get psyched. and I like I I very much could have done like a more of like a solo th- artist thing with my music, but I love being in a band because like I really like writing songs, but then I love to see what somebody else would do with it, you know, like that little like like a guitar lead or something that I wouldn't have thought of. Like I really love the craft of songwriting, and that's what I, I get a tremendous amount of joy from that um so, but like i don't sit there and put ten thousand hours into my guitar Yeah. you know like i i could have and i probably should should have <laughs> but like i put like my time was just going into like studying songs and stuff yeah and lyrics and whatnot so, and like that's just the stuff that i, I like and i'm good at that i'm good at that part so it's nice to have musicians who like really know what they're doing
0: <laughs> yeah no i think that makes sense and i've always yeah I think i'm similar to you where my main focus has always been you know more on the singing the lyrics and... well you're
1: so good though like i could never like sing and play like that you totally i'm do. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed it's, <laughs> it's awesome <laughs>
0: uh it's thank you uh yeah i know it's more just like early on i had to keep up with tepe and sing at the same time so it
1: just oh that's that's wild yeah he's unbelievable he's yeah. unbelievable you're lucky guy.
0: I am. Okay, but this new lineup you've had is the first time you've had the same lineup for two records in a row.
1: Actually, it's been it's been a like a, so Arun and Rodrigo have been in the band longer than anybody has ever been in the band. So Arun joined in 2008, and Rodrigo joined in 2009.
0: Okay, so mostly bef- same band for the last couple
1: yeah yeah actually so they both joined on the same record which was a record called daybreak so we've made three records together the three of us which is awesome but we've had different drummers on each one of those
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so like that's the drummer thing for saves the day is like spinal tap <laughs> it really is there's like freak boat there's boat accidents you know it's <laughs> there's gardening mishaps <laughs> um but actually our the last drummer we've had dennis wilson he was in the band for five years so that was like that was the long because the the lineup that was on through being cool and uh stay what you are was only together for about three years i think and or maybe even less less than that um so it was just like a brief but we were we were making records at a quicker pace mm-hmm. Um, now like that five years could go by and I feel like it's like 10 months. I don't know if you like time is, it's like a time warp as you get older. It just, the years circle by quicker and quicker.
0: Yeah, that is definitely true. Um, yeah, it's weird. The time almost seems compressed in the past, but at the same time Mm -hmm. drawn out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Days took a lot longer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, mean, I love thinking about like the way my kids are experiencing time and like thinking back about mm-hmm. that and just so so different
1: yeah definitely like
0: a year is so long when you're a kid
1: I know and now, it's outrageous I can't imagine what this year is like for them like my so daughter sad. is 15, 15 and so she's like in high school and uh, like I can't imagine like being in high school and having to just sit at home for a year you want to be with your friends and everything.
0: Yeah, that's rough. What uh, Yeah. Have you like picked up any kind of different habits during uh this time that have been helpful?
1: Uh helpful? <laughs> <laughs> or unhelpful? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um not really. I feel like I feel like I was like starved for um time at home. Mm-hmm. And so like I guess I feel mildly guilty about how much I enjoy that.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: because it's all for all the wrong reasons. Um, I mean, I, we're stuck here.
0: I definitely know what you mean with that. I, I think, especially for someone who's touring a lot, having. I mean, it's even. It felt different than like the time between touring, even. Like, it just felt. And I don't know if that's part of that's just because it was so shut down for a bit. But it, as hard as it was, it was really healthy in certain ways for my family and for me. And yeah, I don't know, just like a pause button for a bit. But I, I yeah, I, for me, like I definitely was more fortunate than a lot of people to be okay to do that. You know,
1: right, right, so. yeah. I miss my old habits of like going to the park. We have a really nice park here. And, like, I just don't feel comfortable going as much as I used to. I've talked to, like, we had, I talked to a, a doctor about all this stuff. And they said, you. I mean, I, I'm not sure if I should even re- repeat too much. But they said that if you're outside, you pr- you're pretty pretty okay. Yeah,
0: as long as you're not up in people's grill. My my wife's right, a right. nurse, so I'm like, she's talking about this all the time and whatever. But
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, I mean, outside's i mean people were tripping out about the beach stuff in the beginning but like the beach is windy and outside and like as long as you're not right up in people's grill like
2: yeah
1: it's
0: great and we also didn't know a lot about how it was actually spreading in the beginning so yeah um, i think that's the hard thing is now we have more info but it people don't understand the process of like how science works of learning and yeah so you had a certain understanding then you learn more and you have to be like yeah we weren't right before we did that was yeah. the best we had and now this is it yeah. and it makes people end up being like well you guys just don't know what you're talking about
1: <laughs> Right yeah yeah
0: So I'm just going to do whatever I want
2: Turn it up save the day Turn it up tonight Why?
0: So I want to talk to you about like growth and change as an artist where you have an audience that likes what you've done and then Mm -hmm. you want to continue to do something new. Uh, How how have you coped with that pressure?
1: Well, it was rough when uh, like when that, be- when it became apparent that people wanted us to be like a certain kind of sounding band and i was like i don't really i didn't to me like i was just naturally evolving as a songwriter you'd learn a new chord and it would be exciting you know mm-hmm. and um and I, I was growing as a singer because i didn't start out as a singer i had to like learn all that and then you're out there and the touring and there's a lot of wear and tear on your voice so i had to like learn a lot of stuff to like preserve my uh vocal cords and stuff and so people were like bummed as my voice was changing on each record my voice sounds different and so people would be openly critical i think like i got used to people being critical very early on from the first demo tape people were just like talking shit because it sounded like lifetime Mm -hmm. and uh so that just really sucked so like i never i don't like i don't read anything about saves the day like i don't i don't want to i don't i can barely go on like instagram because it'll be like you know lots of nice things and then one one thing that somebody says that's not cool And, like, I'll be carrying that around for the rest of my life. So, like, I'm just, like, I'm too sensitive, you know, for, like, people's shitty opinions. Um, But I think one of the things that I've, that, like, I stick to is, like, if I like it, I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't value the opinion of someone who doesn't make music if like i don't i don't give a shit uh like i'll i'll be it'll hurt hurt me as a sensitive person but rationally i'm like where's their album well, that's my joke I always say is like let me hear your record <laughs> you know like i want to hear your your and she you know i want to hear what you have to say and op- open up your mouth and sing you know and the, i don't think people realize that it's it's uh you have to be you know, pretty brave to, uh, you know, just to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. But I so I, got to, I really don't understand the culture of, like, cri- criticism anyway, you know? I'm just like, why do people have to hurl their opinions at you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I mean, to answer your question, I guess, more directly, um, it it bothers me that pe- when people want you to be something because you know that's what they they like and then simultaneously um i don't respect the opinion of people who don't uh make music if they're commenting about it so it's that's that's a dilemma but i so like I just continue to make the music that I want to make, but then also when it comes time to make a Saves the Day record, like I know what that sounds like, you know?
2: What do you so, mean?
0: So You know... Like,
1: like I can't, like, like, out of nowhere make some, like a record that people don't think sounds like Saves the Day.
0: But is that just because it's you? I mean, because I feel like you've covered a lot of different ground as yeah, Saves the Day.
1: yeah yeah so like i and i i know what i know what like when i'm writing a song i know if it's a saves the day song or if it's not
0: um okay what do you do if yeah it's so not?
1: Like i i continue to write everything and like i enjoy writing because i f- i feel like if i i had a like a problem after our album in reverie because i just judged everything that i wrote and that was uncomfortable because i had been so, felt so free to just like write songs what what, like whatever songs that i wanted before that so i had to like retrain myself not to judge the songs Mm -hmm. so but so so then i would uh like consciously work on something even if the back of my mind was like this song sucks i would like plow through it Mm -hmm. that was really cool because i trained my brain not to criticize it like, the work as it's happening. And then I, like, got through to some stuff that was really surprising, like, songs I wouldn't have gotten to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was all based on, like, my experience with, like, critics and you know people being, being critical. And it, like, really fucked me up.
0: Did you hit a, um, a point then, like, where you decided, like, I'm not looking at that anymore? Like, or was it gradual?
1: I never, like, I never liked uh like i remember right after our very first tour with bain i came home and this is like 1998 and uh there were like message boards back then mm-hmm. and i was reading some message board people talking about hardcore and um somebody was so like somebody in indianapolis like i've been there once in my life on tour on this tour said i'm gonna go i'm gonna go as uh saves the day for halloween to be a giant zit That was the last time i ever went on the internet that was the last time i ever went on the internet like so people like i got really messed up like really really early on reading like reading hurtful things because in the early days people were like really fucking mean about just like how i looked and uh that is that is like a really really painful experience so and I grew up my whole life getting made fun of for that kind of shit. So, I ha- I just never read any ever read anything.
0: Oh, man, that's about awful. saves.
1: Well, I mean, it's I part mean, like when I when I write about it, it helps other people that have gone through through it too. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where the where that part of people's personalities comes from, but. Like, cause I just, I wouldn't think to like say anything like that to anybody, but, but alas, I think so so rolled up into all of that, like I'm, I'm very sensitive to people's opinions. Mm -hmm. And so, and it could be some, like, I don't have self-esteem, so I can't really, I just can't mess with people's. Thoughts and feelings of me.
0: Yeah, but I think what's interesting in what you're saying is like you have developed like a very like a robust sense of yourself and your own needs, and you've learned to be like, look, like this is something that is not good for me, so I'm piecing out on
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's tough because like I want to be able to be more present for people, like on the on online and stuff you know to be more like i want to be able to help people if they're having a hard time Mm -hmm. but like i pretty much have to avoid it because there's like people that are unkind and like i just can't i can't i know i do know that much about myself like i can't withstand it Mm -hmm. you know yeah so but then that goes into like the art where i'm like i feel like i I don't really i i love to just do whatever and i what's what's really cool is like saves the day has like a core group of fans that are that are along for the ride you know mm-hmm. so like they're you know it's we might not be popular with the kids that go to the mall <laughs> if that's still a thing but we've got you know like the diehard saves the day fans and so i i feel and i feel comforted you know like that they're supportive and they're awesome like saves the day fan i love saves the day fans i i feel like like the punk in me is still the same dude who's just like i don't i just do whatever i want musically mm-hmm. but then also like i have i understand like the limits basically of like you know what is like accepted as a saves the day record
0: so what the songs that don't end up working there do you ever work them out in some other capacity
1: yeah yeah i do i do and uh like sometimes it'll just be like an exercise um but uh yeah i'll work on songs and and like eventually i'll probably do a solo record mm-hmm. you know it's like stuff like it can sound however it wants to sound it doesn't have to be like a rock band
0: yeah i have way too many ideas that don't Fit anywhere, and I. So in my mind, I have like five side projects that are not real. Uh huh.
1: Exactly. But yeah,
0: hopefully one one day I yeah, I do yeah, them. Totally. But um, one of my huge problems is it's always a, more exciting to work on the thing I don't have to work on at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that, but just bad procrastination yeah. where like it's physically hard for me to work on the thing I'm supposed to do right then that has to be done. And and, oh, and any other idea, absolutely. my brain's just like, hey, 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 I can do it. That sounds fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. And with art, it's weird to like have to do it. You know, mm-hmm. to, when you're like obligated to work on art, it's just an. I feel like it's an awkward experience because it feels like that's like work. And uh, I know this is what we do for work, but it's it's a weird experience for it to become your your obligation when it was. Something you did like, you know, like a kid playing with toys or something.
0: Yeah. And it's odd how, I mean, how the relationship of, you know, art and work has evolved over time, you know, from kind of like someone who's embedded in the community and is doing things, or then you've got your, you know, you have a patron who's, uh, you know, paying for you to do X and Y and Z. And, and now we're in this system where you know you have to try to find ways for people to buy the thing that you're making and yeah all of those things are you know have their own problems embedded in them but um it's always strange because it's it's this thing that you love and it's also you're trying to you know be true to whatever you're trying to make and you're trying to also figure out how to not starve while you do it (laughs) so
2: (laughs) yeah um
0: but it sounds like uh and this is kind of i think how thrice approaches it but you have one set of like ideals that you employ in like the creation of the art and then another set that you employ in like the sharing of the art like where Mm -hmm. whether it's you know how you order a record or how you you know what songs you're playing for people live like there's a an understanding there of like okay i've made this thing now like how do i communicate with you about it how do i show appreciation for you yeah you know like yeah whatever
1: i love and i love the um i just love the connection with with people and i really i love to like i love i since all the songs too were really honest like i love playing them i find like new meaning in the stuff mm-hmm. as, as i go so like the sharing of it is is really is really fun like i very much va- i very very much enjoy and appreciate like the being in being in saves the day and making music for saves the day fans and um and i've been doing like this thing where i do like i'll do songs here like stripped down in like an acoustic form Are like kind of reimagined, Mm -hmm. and uh, and that's been really cool too. To like, you know, to revisit a song and realize like there's how many different ways you could approach a song. Yeah, and then it sort of like opens up new meaning to the to the song, and uh, that's been really cool. We've been doing that for our Patreon. Oh, that's real. And that's yeah, it's been that's been really really fun. I really are you you're doing Patreon.
0: Yeah, I have a Patreon for the pod. That's been cool. It's, it's, I really enjoy the aspect of like, I don't feel alone like doing it. And because I have yeah, people like I, who care and are invested in multiple ways and are like totally m- making the journey possible and helping shape it. And it's super cool. Yeah.
1: It's been awesome. Like, I really like this way of, of making art and sharing it. I think it's really cool.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something special in whether it's Patreon or just being any anything surrounding someone who or a group of people who have been doing art for a while and you have people that trust you to continue doing that and it's just such a different relationship than with I think the people who are you're sharing your art with then something that's a really really pop like sensational um like it's just huge and at some point like that's very disconnected from um I mean I guess everyone has like people who are fans over time even obviously <laughs> very large people but you also see the flash in the pan kind of huge uh yeah. things happen too where someone had, you know, selling millions of records and then their next record like sells under a thousand or something like,
1: right. Yeah.
0: And you and I have both been in a situation where, you know, we've never had this huge success, but we've had and enjoyed and built up, uh, like a family of people who yeah, are all like, even without something like Patreon there, there becomes a grouping of, of, people who are are sharing in a journey together and it's really beautiful
2: yeah
1: it's awesome yeah it's really cool it feels like it definitely feels like a a family and uh that's one of the my favorite parts about this the patreon journey is like i feel really connected like making friends and uh like and you're you wind up realizing that you're all so similar you know that's why you connect Mm mm-hmm been awesome so i feel like i definitely feel like i don't i haven't felt as isolated because we started this patreon basically like right when we were planning on starting it right when all this happened mm-hmm. and so so every month of this i've had a lot of great experiences connecting with people even though we're all like isolated i have not felt alone which is great that's right man yeah
2: here right now
0: patrons of the show had a question for you and uh, she Tiffany was basically asking what are some of your favorite things that you've learned or places you love from uh, living on both coasts cuz you grew up on east nice. coast and now you're living out in Chino yeah Chico, Chico sorry yeah. not Chino is yeah. by me
1: <laughs> yeah we're way up, way up north um right away when i moved out here i was like struck by how nice people were <laughs> and because growing up in new jersey and then like going to school in new york city like there's that there's an edge people have this edge and uh it was pretty clear to me right away like when i moved here i was like oh the weather is just so nice so nice like you're just less like uptight you know and i'll never forget like the first time i went back when it was winter and I, like i got off the plane and i felt like my bones were like my bones were cold I was like this sucks. Like why would <laughs> why would anyone live in this? Um I don't think I ever felt at home until I moved to Chico. I've been here now 17 years, which is a wow. pretty pretty long time. And I moved like right from Brooklyn. I was living in this like basement apartment in Brooklyn and moved out here. Man I was just really, I was grateful for like the p- people being really nice. Like people were genuinely nice. They like ask you how you were doing at the grocery store, hmm. and like that was a revelation. Because people like elbow you out of the way in the subways and stuff in the city.
0: Yeah, I feel like North Northern California has a different vibe too than than Southern California. I feel like Southern California has a lot of superficiality, even. In some of the niceness, like almost Mm -hmm. like a different version of like Minnesota nice where it's like there's this veneer of Mm -hmm. kind of politeness. But I don't know. I I always felt like and maybe it's just seeing from the outside, but like uh, East Coast, there's definitely the gruffness, but there's also like something underneath it a lot of times there's like a solidarity like uh maybe because you're all su- yeah. suffering through the same weather or something but like right
1: right right
0: and living on top of each other if you're you know in a in a denser part but um like the meanness doesn't go i mean obviously there's mean shitty people but that like that that gruffness is like kind of a veneer over some deeper solidarity i don't know like i think especially yeah. like thinking about something like new York where it's like so many people so close together, like you almost, some people don't, but I feel like most people end up developing that some sense of solidarity. Like we're all in this together.
1: I think that you're right about that. I wonder if like my like experience as an only child and being very awkward, um, has made it so like, I don't, man, I just still still have not figured out really how to, how to, um, connect that all that well with with people Mm -hmm. i'm really grateful though to have wound up in chico because there i feel like i actually feel like a strong sense of community here it's a small enough town where you feel like everybody knows each other Mm -hmm. and that that has been great that's that's been awesome like i didn't there wasn't much of a i didn't have a sense of community before so that's good. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Thank you, Tiffany. <laughs>
0: uh, I feel like we've talked cosmically a bunch of times in the past, but I have, like, the worst memory, yeah. so I won't know what your answer is going to be on this. But I was just curious, at this point in your life, like, do you have some kind of, like, philosophy of life or framework, like, for how you think about the world or how you think about how you treat people or...
1: I think it changes, like, a lot um, year to year. So if you asked me last year, I would have had a different answer. But I think in general, I just, like, I'm, I'm trying to be just, like, really careful to um, to be a- aware of how somebody could, people can be struggling with things that you don't, you don't know they're struggling with in a very, very deep level. I think this year has definitely Exposed a lot of people's um, like really deep dark like troubles, mm-hmm. and um, I'm like f- fairly empathic. So it it's a difficult experience. I think um, just being hu- just being human. I don't know. I, like I, I'm I'm not any like religion, but I'm very like very spiritual religious person. I think I, I like, I connect the most with Buddhism because um, the fact that, um, like, the Four Noble Truths, I think, are really important. And, like, the first one being that life is suffering. It's, like, really a, just, just an incredibly hard experience to be human. I just really want to figure out how to be as helpful as possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm really good at being, be, I'm really good at being dad, I know, like that uh, so' I'm, and that's that's what I care about the most in 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 this in this life making sure my daughter's happy mm-hmm. and okay and stuff, but then I also care about like all of all of us uh, one of the things that I've realized though is that they like I'm naive enough to not spot when people are like duplicitous or the gaslighters of the world and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So then, with with that knowledge, and also trying to help people, I have yet to figure out how to connect with with people with uh, uh, like being vulnerable and open with people, and but also having had experiences where I realized after the fact that I should have been, you know, guarded. Yeah that's hard so like that's that's been a that's been a weird experience for someone like me but i think it's you know it's part of the world there's things that i don't i don't understand about human nature being you know just like a sort of pretty like i joke with my friends that i feel like forrest gump (laughs) like very simple extremely simple and like innocent guy um but so yeah, so my recent real my recent more recent realizations is that uh you know what it, it what it makes me feel like is is that I I want to like retreat from the world, but that's not I'm I'm here to I'm here to like try to help people be happier and stuff. So it's a new experience.
0: Yeah, that's a lot to hold in balance, I think trying to look out for the way that people as they say things that seem harmful or insincere are operating out of pain a lot of times most times. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then yeah. Uh the thing that can look similar to that but it can be pretty different is people acting just in bad faith and there's a lot yeah. there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah, so right now I feel like retreating but i'm not going to mm. so that's my my new the new level of i mean i i think i'm pretty like wide-eyed uh for a while and now i'm just like trying to uh go slowly as i engage with the world yeah i know that's f- fairly vague but
0: no it's, it's i think it's good yeah you were talking about being a dad what's what's your favorite thing uh for you and your, you and your daughter to do together
1: um, she really likes playing uh, Mario Kart. Nice, <laughs> and that's that's very fun. But net, like, she, I we used to go to the movies a lot together. But when she became a teenager, she only wanted to go with their friends. Yeah, and but it was like my favorite thing ever to do is go to the movies with Lou. But um, so now, if if she like gets excited to like hang out with me and watch a movie at home that's like my favorite thing i'm like really you want to hang out tonight that's awesome so i'll be like psyched about that um we both really love like uh movies she's like a all kinds she's a theater kid like Mm -hmm. through and through like she definitely is going to like do some something with acting Mm -hmm. or behind the scenes with her life she's like very passionate about she goes through performing arts and science high school here that specializes on that focuses on that stuff um and that's just the joy to like when she gets excited about some some uh movie or a play or like a musical when she gets her like my one of my favorite things to do is watch her in these in the plays she's really good she has this beautiful voice and um yeah uh so like i really love to i really love to go see her play that's been one of the things this year that we miss the most is not not getting to go see yeah that's see hard. the the shows but um yeah but she's got she's got a really good group of friends and they're they're all they go to like this place their high school is called inspire and it's like it's also the top rated school in the county which is rad so it's not just like a hippy dippy flowing <laughs> skirts and you know whatever flower flower power it's uh it's like a really good school but i just like really enjoy being her dad like i love to get up and make her breakfast and like she does her school here every day her mom and i live in different towns but um they don't have internet so she comes to my house so it was, we do one week on one week off so every week she's but every single day she's here like the entire day which is so awesome that's right it's just nice to have her around she's she's the best <laughs> she's got true. pink hair she's got pink hair
0: nice um mine yeah mine uh my middle one is about to dye her hair for uh she's gonna be sabine from star wars for halloween i don't know if you've seen the rebels oh, show
1: amazing uh, oh yeah but that's she, rad she has like short hair like that and she's pumped so. <laughs> that's so cool it's really amazing to see them grow into themselves isn't it
0: oh my gosh it's it's so funny how different they all are but uh, mm.
1: yeah I've heard my, that too
0: my middle one is uh, she's the I don't know how to, she's like the the artist she's just her brain is on a different a different path than anyone else's at any moment she's just <laughs> constantly looking around and to keep her from like hoarding things not for like normal hoarding sake but like she's like i can make something out of that (laughs) that's cool any piece of trash she's like oh i can make something out of that
1: that's awesome
0: okay so i was gonna ask you what are some of the ways that you regularly seek out or encounter beauty in your life
1: so i go um i go to the park here in chico very. I mean, if, before lockdown, I'd go every day, maybe twice a day. Sometimes uh, we have the second largest city park in California. Wow! So it's like, so yeah, it's enormous. And this is where they uh, Hollywood filmed the first uh, r- what's Robin Hood. So it's like they used this for sh- the, our park for Sherwood Forest. Oh wow! It's like really beautiful park, and um, just the presence that like everyday presence of nature is amazing. You know, like so that really brings uh sense of joy and and wonder and also like nature's very calm.
0: Mm-hmm. You, most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you meditate at all? Yeah, I do. What do you? what kind of Yeah, I I've been doing um uh I've done like a couple kinds but I've been trying to be really consistent doing um centering prayer it's like a <clears> 20 minute it's it's similar to some buddhist meditation but it's um instead of like uh attention to breath or certain things it's intention of uh like no thought basically um mm-hmm. uh, which is really hard and weird at first but um mm-hmm. uh yeah sorry doing that
1: yeah I, I'm way into that what, that's awesome
0: what uh what kind of meditation do you do
1: so I do sitting meditation and I just like sit there for twenty minutes and pay attention to my breathing and my body. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for a really really long time so uh I don't know it just feels good it's a way to just like almost collect your energy and like enhance like almost like turn it turn it up a little bit and you start to feel the the tingling sensation of being alive
0: mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how... Like, I I think my favorite thing about... Like it's not necessarily... Like, I think meditating is helpful for me over time, in especially in kind of, you know, seeing through the ego and um, just having a less of a tight grip on everything. But I feel like also that sense of paying attention to life is like tied to the practice as well. But just, yeah. Um, I think for a lot of my life, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, something almost lost out of like, uh, childhood, but just letting yourself stop and appreciate the most random of things. And, you know, I mean, the example of a leaf is like kind of cliche but mm-hmm. like literally it's, yeah, it's a it's cliche amount. for a reason it's like
1: look at this thing i know i feel the same way i feel the same way you know like the the closer you look at nature the more awe-inspiring it is it's outrageous that's and that is the that's the feeling i had when i was a kid growing up on the farm and i was just like just everything was just so beautiful
0: yeah and i think I think what I do like about like breathing meditation too is that it's constantly just reinforcing like, Hey, you're alive right now.
1: I was just going to say, I remember like one of the earliest experiences when I first started to sit um, was how good it felt to be just to be like in your body. Mm -hmm. I was just like, Holy shit. This feels amazing. It just felt like warm and fuzzy like so that then like i tuned into that so early on like so now like anytime i just need to feel that way it's just right there within your skin hmm. so that's awesome i really love that i remember like ch- joking how like there's a oh uh, i was talking about it one time and actually our guitar player arun made the joke um there was ecstasy before the before the rave or something like that. Anyway, um, because it felt because I was talking about how it felt just like ecstatic mm. to just like just that just the feeling of being alive just felt insane, just amazing.
2: So they like there was a word for ecstasy before the rave.
0: <laughs> All right, so we are going to transition. This is going to be a new segment that I'm going to have just for patrons, but I've been making some collaborative playlists with some of the guests, but now I'm going to start doing collaborative playlists, but also a little kind of mini episode where we talk about the songs we picked and why. Um, And yeah, so Chris and I are going to do the first one. This one is going to be for everyone. So if you look uh, in the feed, you will see... Uh, this is a little mini-episode afterwards, but we'll talk about what we're picking right now. So we picked, what, what was it? Revolution. R- revolution? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so was that or Love, but uh, we chose Revolution. Why Why did you want to do Revolution, Chris?
1: Um. Well, it feels kind of of the spirit of the times. I have been listening to a lot of songs like that recently and i was just like th- um i and i also i love that i love music just as a vehicle for expressing feelings and there's just so much that people are feeling right now mm-hmm. i also have like rather complicated political opinions so like i love i love it when somebody else already said it in a song <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you
1: know and it's, i didn't say it they said it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i feel like we have a good um very good mix of musical styles on yeah, there too, which is fun. Out s-
1: super cool. Yeah,
0: so go uh go check that out in the feed. What are we gonna call it, Chris?
1: Evolution.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll do like a E V slash.
2: Uh, <laughs> or no, I guess we we'll, f- we'll just do the R. Flip the E like.
1: the yeah, r slash. Flip the E like M and M, or Yeah, flip the R like M and M. <laughs>
0: i don't no know if spotify idea. let me flip the arm <laughs> all right um yeah whatever it's called go check it out in the the timeline for carry the fire pod and thanks for coming on the show and uh thanks for having me sharing your your heart with us and uh, absolutely i wish you uh i wish you well
1: thank you dustin <laughs> thanks for having me man i appreciate it it was tons of fun
0: thanks bud If you have a moment today, it would help a ton if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Uh, Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at carrythefirepod. I want to thank my producer, Andy Lara, and all of our executive producers, Chris Reeves, Tony Panaro, Sam George, Reed Duchess, Thomas Fortcourt, Shamir Hassan, Amy Armstrong, Luis Rivera, Gabe Munoz, Cameron Lane, Hamza Bebehana, Michael Maitland, Adam Collins, Susanna Coleman, Ian Hunt, John Diego, Jess Card, Mark Weiss, Brianna Webb, John Bucken, Denise Sugita, Colin Hawthorne, Brian Weisbecker, Josh Malara, Eric Gonzalez, Matthew Alkan, and Tiffany Payne. Thank you all so much for carrying the fire with me, and I'll see you next time.